Blog Talk Radio. And this is part two of my interview with Brent Kremen. Thanks for listening. There was a time, I remember, when you were very much smitten with one Missy Hyatt. Is this because of your childhood with, like, seeing her on TV? Yeah, I did. I, I never saw her at her best in, in world class. I never saw that. I saw her in WCW, and she made me laugh, and she would talk about, she would talk about going to the locker room and having all the scoops. You know, and, and she would go and stick her head in the locker room and make faces. You know, uh, it, she 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 made me laugh. I liked her. Of course, she was very pretty back even at WCW. Then then I uh, heard more about how Missy was not terribly choosy uh, as far as um, men that she had more than friendships with, uh, and that this this did not scare me away. Because you judge somebody by their character. You judge somebody by how they treat people outside the bedroom. And the reality is Missy had a lot of people that like her. And everybody knows her history behind the scenes. And yet she gets a lot of interviews. And you know, there's a, there's a four-letter word that people call women. And she could get labeled with that word. But the reality is I think that people respect her in the wrestling business. She is what she is, and people actually respected her. Would you agree? Yeah, I think she did it her way, and she should be commended for that. I I have no problem with her. She didn't hide who she was or what her history was or what she was doing when she was in the business, and people actually respected her. Yeah. She's great. It's I not like people movie. were calling her something and she was denying it. She wrote a book. Yeah, I love her. I think she was she was one of my all-time favorite characters. I remember when she was in the UWF and she was like Yeah, I don't. Uh, I wish I saw those days. I saw some clips. I mean, yeah, yeah she was she was great. And she, um she was probably you know, one of the most beautiful women. What, basically in what made me smitten with her in a serious way, is that she had done some interviews where she said that she is Jewish. And she might have mentioned it in the book. We know John Tatum, her, her first serious boyfriend, is Jewish. And we know that, um, we know that Missy wrote a song, a version of the Hanukkah song by Adam Sandler, only she put all wrestlers in it. And so you can somehow find that song, and so she put herself in the song. So Missy, when she said that she's a Scientologist, that was a rib. That was simply designed to get me not interested. Because Missy, at this point, I would, not, I would have no interest in, other than the fact that she's Jewish. And Missy realizes this. She's a smart woman, and so she came up with a gimmick that she was a Scientologist just to get me uninterested. (laughs) Was she afraid of you? No, I just think that Missy has no interest in me, and I figured that the way that she could, the best way that she could get get me away from her, you know, in terms of being 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 interested in her, is to simply tell me that that she's a sign. 
Scientologists. Now, if that was actually true, which it isn't, it was a game designed to get me away, but if that was true, she's correct. I would not be interested in her. (laughs) When have you hung out with her, though, in person? Never, because when I was in Dallas, I didn't know that she was – I did not know that she had her retirement show. Uh, I didn't know this, and so I just figured that I would run into her uh, or somebody could get her that necklace – at the at the Hall of Fame um, event because I because as when she was in world class she had interactions with the Freebirds and she was good friends with Michael Hayes according to her book as at the time they were and so I figured she would want to see the Freebirds get inducted and she wasn't there she was actually doing her retirement show and it turned out that. You know, Missy and uh, Craig and Brian and Vinny all went with Missy Hyatt to Dealey Plaza, and they actually went out with Missy Hyatt for a while, and I wasn't even told about it. Wow. Yeah, they they spent time with her in Dallas, and I wasn't even told about it. I didn't hear about it until I heard about it on the show. Did that upset you, that they didn't bring you along? Yeah, I think that would have been nice if they told me. Yeah. I would have gone. I would actually spend time with her in person. They feel that the money is when uh, we've done a couple of appearances together on the show, uh, and so she'll go and grill me and make me look like a fool. I think that that's where they think the money is. Yeah, that's where I think the money is. I'm going to try to get her on this show to grill you. Great. Tell her that I know the Scientology bit was just a lie to get me to um, go away. And uh, maybe she really is a Scientologist now. It's possible that her mother is not Jewish and that she converted to Judaism and and, and then she left uh, and decided to do Scientology. So if that is true, then, um, then whatever denomination did the conversion, if she did a reform conversion and then decided that she didn't buy it anymore and that she doesn't want to be a Jew, the reform would say she's not a Jew. However, if she did a conservative conversion, the conservatives would say even if she leaves Judaism, she still is a Jew. Once you do a conversion, you can't take it back. And the Orthodox also agree, once you do a conversion, you can't take it back. However, the Reform say, you can do a conversion and you can't take it back. However, if the person decides they no longer want to practice, then they're no longer a Jew. Only the Reform believes that. And, and Missy, it just doesn't strike me as a person who can handle an Orthodox Jewish conversion. I, that just doesn't seem like her. So it is possible that she got a, a Jewish conversion in the Reform or Conservative movement and then decided her, to do Scientology instead. Is that her Later. real name? Melissa Hyatt, H-I-A-T-T. Okay. She took her name, changed the I to a Y, and came up with the Hyatt Hotels heiress. And that's where she got her gimmick. Oh, so she's like a Hilton. I got it. Missy Hyatt. Makes sense. Yeah, Hyatt Hotels. Yeah. Brilliant. Which is obviously, yes, that was the gimmick. And I think she's like one of the first implant ladies. I mean, she got implants way back in the 80s. Oh, that's true. Yes. That's true. She must have come up from nothing. Or did she? Yeah, she was in Tallahassee, Florida. You read her her book. You know, she liked wrestling as a kid. She said the first thing that she saw in wrestling, her dad had it on, and she sees um, Terry Gordy wearing diapers in a baby bottle after he loses this match, and she says, what the hell is this? And then he says, wrestling. And so that was the first (laughs) thing she saw is 
she saw uh, she saw there was a match where the loser had to dress up like a baby, and so they have. Can you imagine Terry Gordy at like eighteen years old, is wearing diapers and a <laughs> he baby? He looked model? like a big baby. Yeah, he, that's a great first memory. What's your first memory of wrestling? The Steamboat Savage Bell Angle. That was very shocking, and it brought Bruno San Martino out from retirement. According to Bruno, Hogan was not selling out the shows. He was not succeeding as far as as the champion. Uh, he was not selling out the shows, and so and so Vince wanted Bruno back to sell out the shows. And so that's, Bernie didn't want to come back. He knew that he was terrible in the ring. He knew he was old and in pain. He didn't want to do it. He didn't want, because he knew that his matches weren't very good, and he didn't want to show the fans this. But Vince, Vince says, well, Bruno, if you come back, I'll hire your son. And whenever, whenever Bruno didn't want to do something, then his son would get de-pushed. And whenever Bruno did a show that Vince won, his son would get re-pushed. And then when Bruno quit, they fired David, of course. Because it was all manipulated in order to get Bruno back because Hogan wasn't selling out the shows. I mean, I can, says, I can believe it. Bruno says, I sold out the garden. Hogan was there the month before, and he didn't sell it out. They bring me in, and, they, and when we sell it out. <laughs> Him against Savage. So the other promoters and other wrestlers would always knock uh, the the uh, Worldwide Wrestling Federation because they say it's nothing. They do Madison Square Garden once a month. We have to run the Memphis Coliseum once a week. It's not very difficult <laughs> to book a show once a month. You know that's that's twelve shows a year. We have to do fifty two shows a year. We sell out the Mid Mid South Coliseum half the time or a quarter of the time. We had as good average attendance in a much smaller town, or at least close to it, than 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 they have in New York. And we had to have a show weekly. So that's what the other promoters would say. What was your opinion of Hogan as a top star? Well, you know, I, I started watching that, and he put on a good show. You know, I remember when I was a little kid, they talked about, "Hey, that's like big time wrestling," because. That was that must have been back in the territory days when they started talking about big time wrestling. We were in the Portland territory, Don Owen. Portland was where the territory was headquartered, and Seattle was a satellite. And so all of a sudden, people stopped talking about big time wrestling, and they started calling it WWF. Because what happened is that finally in Seattle, Vince must have gone to the local station in Seattle and say. You know, Channel 11, I think, KSTW, get this Portland wrestling, get this big-time wrestling off the air. Here's a big suitcase and put my show on. And so finally when they took over Seattle, you know, that hurt Don Owen that, uh, you know, that they, that they um, you know, that that's, was right when Hogan was, was really popular. And so they started talking about Hulk Hogan in school, and they had those... Um, those foam fi- yellow foam fingers, and uh, everybody at school was talking about Hogan and Andre, and you know he was obviously a huge star that was big in the mainstream. And Don Owens wrestling, I mean the boys would talk about big time wrestling, but even the girls knew about WWF. So he was very effective as far as mainstream publicity. Don't you think that? Even at that time, that the WWF was more serious than it is today. It was different. I mean, it was 
it was Pat Patterson and uh, Vince McMahon sitting by Vince's pool writing the show, just the two of them. And if anyone else went out there, uh, they got thrown in the pool, literally. And then one time, uh, Shane ended up throwing his father in the pool, and his father was absolutely livid. And so uh-huh. it's funny, you know, because it's, 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 it's real funny when Vince does it to somebody else, but he doesn't want it done to himself. Of course not. Which is the opposite of when, when he's on TV. When he's on TV, he says, I don't want anyone to complain about anything they have to do on the air because I'll do anything. And that's true. But this was not on the air, and so they didn't think it was so funny because it was not on the air. The storylines made sense. It was rational. They didn't have storyline holes. And Patterson was a wrestler, and Vince had been following it since he was, uh, since he was a teenager. And so, yeah, the shows were coherent. The primary announcer was Ray Morgan, and Ray Morgan got into disagreement with Vincent, uh, uh, with, with Vincent James McMahon over money. And, uh, and he says, what are they going to do? You just fired Ray Morgan. We don't have an announcer. What are you going to do? You're going to be the announcer, Vince. And so we took over in 1971. Vince, uh, James McMahon, forbid his father... I mean, forbid his son from being a wrestler. And Vince really wanted to be a wrestler. He says, well, you're not going to be a wrestler, but I'll put you on air as an announcer. So that was a compromise. And then years later, I mean, he didn't become a wrestler in 1985 when his father was dead. He didn't become a wrestler until 10 years later. And he would have been better if he did it in, um, if he did it in, you know, as soon as his father died. He could have done it then when he was younger, but he didn't. But you know what's interesting is, they had those shows about what's wrong in pro wrestling, you know, those, those pro wrestling tragedy shows they had like, on that minor channel recently. Those programs were really good. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. yeah. They talked about scandals, and so one of them was they talked about Randy Savage and the death of Miss Elizabeth. And so Linda Belay was telling a story about Lynn Savage and Lenny Poffo and Liz Hewitt. You know, Randy and Elizabeth would come over to the house and... Vince would sometimes come over to the house. So she showed a picture of Vince from, like, 1984. She says, look at him. He was so young. And this picture was Vince on a dining diving board in his Speedos. And Vince was skinny. Vince is, like, huge and muscular now, so he wasn't on the roids back then. In 84, he wasn't taking roids. He was a skinny guy. Really? I thought that picture was fascinating. So he didn't even have, like, uh, biceps? Well, yeah, he had that, but, you know, he was like an average guy that worked out. He was nothing special. Right, right. Well, I mean, like, Shane, kind of how Shane looks. Shane is not, like, that big. I don't think Shane took steroids, although he probably did, too, though. You can take a look at that picture that Linda Belay showed of Vince and the Speedo on the diving board, but I got the impression he was actually skinny. He's definitely a character. Uh, someone should do a movie about him. They already I are. Then somebody is, is it, making a movie about him. Is it authorized by him or is it unauthorized? Yes, it is authorized. And that, was, and that means that means that basically this could be full of lies because Vince yeah. won't let it go to go to air if, if there's not full of lies. Yeah, it, it, for, it's going to be like sports entertainment, like from in the in the seventies. They're going to be calling it sports entertainment in the movie. You know. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Called it WrestleMania, you know, in, in, in 1984, 85, 86, 87, 88, 89. You, they, they called it wrestling for 10 years. 
I yes, know. Yes, he always used the term sports entertainment, but he still called it wrestling. I know, but he's he he turns it into a far. He somehow the word wrestling is some bad thing. You can't say. I know don't. it's that way now, but it wasn't always that way. In the golden right. era, it wasn't that way. Right. That's a, that's what I was. He called it WrestleMania. Right. He wouldn't have called it that if if he had to do it over it again. He would have called it Sports Entertainmania or something. I don't know. Well, things have changed. What's wrong with him? He's he's been on a continuous quest to prove to his neighbors in Greenwich, Connecticut that he's just as much of a blue blood as they are. And if you just make your money from wrestling, then you don't have class. And if you ever watch the, uh, the the old music music video from the original Slammy Awards in 1987, Stand Back, yeah. he, he said, you're going to watch all the other men drop. He drove all the other promoters out of business. That's the bottom line. They're all gone, and he's still there. He's the only billionaire to come out of wrestling ever. Yes. Yeah, and he built himself purely on this shit, so maybe he does know a thing or two. Even Meltzer and Alvarez are buying into it. Oh, the product is horrible. Look at the television ratings. I'm like, who cares whether the product is any good? It doesn't matter about the television ratings. They just signed a huge contract with Fox and with USA for a ridiculous amount of money. Way more than they had before, even though the ratings are going are down. And even Meltzer himself says they're not going to FS1. The ratings would have to completely tank, go absolutely ridiculously bad in order to move to FS1. He says they're not going to FS1. Or if they do go to FS1, yes, the contract would be cut. He would get, they would get less money. But as long as they stay on Fox and USA, they're going to get a ridiculous amount of money, and Vince can go and book shows to amuse himself, and people can scream about how horrible the shows are, and frankly, I'm glad that I don't have to watch it. But they're making boatloads of money. That's the bottom line. It doesn't matter whether the show's any good. It doesn't matter whether anyone shows up the house shows. The only thing that matters is that the checks keep coming in from, from NBC Universal and, for, and from Fox. That's the only thing that matters. But they would do better, and they would get even more money. They would get like ten times this money if they just did some good booking. I don't know if it would make any difference because they got they got ridiculous contracts. You know, Fox and USA totally overpaid for this because it's DVR proof. People want to watch it when it when it airs, and they don't want to watch it on DVR. And there's very little DVR proof programming, and so it's not about the ratings; it's about that it's DVR proof, and so that's why it has value to the networks. Yeah, because it's live, right? You know what, though, I think they're doing a better job now that they've got some competition. Yeah, but if you are a wrestling fan. And there's not that many of us left. Meltzer and Alvarez and probably Wade Keller have all said it, which is the business model has has changed, and that it is about getting as much money as you can out of a smaller and smaller group of people. So if you're a part of this very small group of pro wrestling fans, you can watch on television WWE, and most of the most of the true, a lot of the true wrestling fans hate WWE. Uh, and you can watch AEW. You can watch Impact Wrestling, which is now on a good station. And the station that they're on is owned by the same company 
Anson that owns uh, Impact Wrestling. So you can watch Impact Wrestling. You can watch uh, Ring of Honor, which is owned by Sinclair. Sinclair is a huge, huge multimedia company. And they put it on their own stations, and so that'll never get canceled. I guess New Japan is starting an American promotion. And then... Obviously, uh, Billy Corgan grew up watching World Championship Wrestling by, you know, that was Jim Crockett because he basically recreated the old TBS studios and he's filming on public access once a week and he's doing a complete knockoff of the old World Championship Wrestling show. And so if you want to watch NWA on YouTube, you can do that. There's like, there are so many different promotions for you to watch and... The great thing is that Sinclair is so cheap that they don't put they don't put any money into Ring of Honor, and they hardly have any house shows, and they just put it on their own station as cheap programming, and so they'll keep that around. And Anthem, Anthem has their station, which they now have um, have impact on, and they have a decent amount of money, so that'll be around. And of course, there's the cons who are billionaires, and so they're putting money into their promotion. And so if you like wrestling, not only are there a lot of options out there, and there's Billy Corgan who owns the NWA name, and for people out there, the few people, like people that are in their 50s where the NWA name still means something, you go and you... You watch it, and Jim Cornette actually is happy for a change because that's what he grew up and loved was the NWA, and he's the commentary on there. And you can tell he loves doing it. And the old TBS studio with Jim Crockett, and it brings back a lot of memories. And so for the people that that means something to, you can watch that on YouTube. And then there's, then there's New Japan. So if you like wrestling, there are so many options out there. You can go to 31 Flavors and have all 31, as George Foreman used to say. Yeah, so that means that Brian and Dave must be doing better than ever. Back in the old days when there were a lot more wrestling fans, it was pretty much a print newsletter, and so they had a massive amount of subscribers then. And they're not really raising the price that much, so I don't think that they're in as good of a shape because, yes, it helped that Brian and Dave merged, but that was years ago. And so... They don't charge that much more money. WWE and these promotions can say, you can pay more money and get more content. But with Brian and Dave, yeah, they can provide more content, but they're not charging any more money. And so they have a very small audience for content, and so I think it hurts them more that the audience is smaller. Well, I know, but the audience is getting bigger now that there's more choices, probably. I guess, I'm not sure. We will see. I think that you have a very small group of people. Yes, I do agree with you. The audience is getting bigger because there's a group of people that like wrestling but hate WWE, and so right. they weren't watching. And now they have these other promotions, and they're coming back because it's not WWE. Yes, there is a small segment like that. That's true. Are the people that are watching AEW, are those the old WCW fans that are now in their 50s? I think they are. If you look at the uh, ratings, they're, they are a huge number. Uh, they're above People that 50. are in their 50s and older. Yeah. It's pretty amazing. They're all well, back. Well, that's interesting because, they, because the people that sell advertising have no interest in people in their 50s. I, I know. <laughs> but they also are attracting <laughs> some young people, too. So, oh, we're about to run out of time here. So Tony Schiavone would say, we're out of time! 
If you have any questions for Brent, just put Brent in the subject line and email Logan2012 at yahoo.com. Well, as um, John McLaughlin would say, bye-bye. <laughs> See you later, buddy. So that was Brent, and I'll catch up with him on the other side of reality. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll talk soon.